everybody. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life. Because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. That's true, you know. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, the premier free writing magazine on the internet featuring articles on writing and the writing life, as well as video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. My conversation with Nancy Slonum Arony, you might have, uh, Arony, Arony, that's the way to pronounce it. You might have heard it here, but if you didn't, uh, I there's a fun version of it, including her long and great story about how she came to teach her uh, her writing workshop, writing from the heart, that include you know uh, a, an obscene phone call in the '70s. It all started there. So you never know when something good will come out of something weird. So. Check that out at authormagazine.org, and we're funded by the good people at the Pacific Northwest Writers Association. They've been supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. You can learn all about them uh, at pnwa.org. Yes, you can. they got a big conference coming up. I'm going to be teaching at that, and uh, there'll be a lot of good classes, other good... In fact, oh, I'm going to be giving a keynote, so there you go, right? So that'll be fun if you want to come to that. Anyway, it's going to be live. It's going to be in September. Check it out, pnwa.org. Speaking of teaching, this Thursday, I'll be doing uh, online, live online fearless writing with through Writers Digest University. You can sign up for that on my website. And uh, two weeks after, I'll be doing uh, fearless marketing. So you can sign up for that also through Writers Digest University. So you can check that out. So, oh, the conversation I had, what a delight uh, a young woman. Actually, I don't know how old she is. doesn't matter. She's great. She's Jenny uh, Mullen and... Um, well, we had a great conversation about her debut novel and about her life as an actress and sort of an Instagram uh, personality. And oh, she's just a funny, interesting person. Uh, she is a writer, actor, Instagram personality, as I said, and New York Times bestselling author of the essay collections, I Like You Just the Way I Am and Live Fast, Die Hot, heralded by the Huffington Post as one of the funniest women on both Twitter and Instagram and named one of the five to follow by T Magazine. Jenny wrote a regular column for Parents Magazine and has contributed to Cosmopolitan, Glamour, New York, L.com, Wake Up Call with Katie Couric, and Playboy Online. Her debut novel, City of Likes, just published, and Dictator Lunches, a cookbook inspired by her Instagram account of the same name, is set to publish in September 2022. And uh, anyway, a lot of fun. Uh, great to talk to her, and I am glad I get to share this conversation with you. Enjoy. Well, Jenny, welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Well, all right. Congratulations. Here it is. There it is for my viewers who can see it. This is the book City of Likes. Now, if I can do my math, that's book number four, but novel number one, correct? So it's book number three in the like journey of books, but I have a fourth coming out in September. So you're not wrong. Right. You have cookbook. four books at the end of this year. Yes. But this is number three in the, the, uh, I don't know, the birth order. Okay, right. In, in the, in the, for your children, this is the third or fourth. All right. Yes. And so, because you have a memoir. I have I two like memoirs. Just, well, so do you consider the other collection of essays, because you have, I like you just the way I am, which is a very funny title. Really good. So that's your, like a memoir. But then the um, other, I thought was an essay collection slash memoir. How do you see it? Oh gosh. I mean, well, I don't know. I, I think it's also sort of a memoir. 
it's really about like the year of my life after first having my son yeah and my sort of postpartum from the edge <laughs> like yeah. just everything yeah. I went through all right so let's back up let's back up a little bit uh because you live you live a very interesting life your career you're a writer but you're an actress you're a bit of a personality an online personality. I don't know if you like that term, but I think, is yes, that a fair description? I'm down with that. Sure, You're that's okay fair. That? That's very fair. Okay. Uh, but let's let's talk about young, innocent Jenny, who was just okay. a little girl somewhere. Where? Yes. Where was she? Where was she a little girl? I was bouncing around. I mean, I was with parents who got divorced when I was two, and I lived in San Diego. I lived in Eugene, Oregon. I lived in Salem, Oregon. I lived in Scottsdale, um, oh. Coronado, California. Um, I was kind of all over the place, just sort of following my mom um, right. up until like about 12 when uh, I came home one summer and she was living on some guy's like boat. And she's like, I kind of don't know how to be a mom anymore. Just like wow. point blank. And really? so then she sent us to live with my dad. I lived with my dad for a year, then bounced back to my mom. And then sent, we went back to my dad. Wow. Um, back and forth, Arizona, San Diego a lot. And then, um, around high school, I just like, I couldn't keep doing it. So I just, I just stayed in Arizona with my dad and my sister actually moved back and, and did high school in San Diego with my mom. So wow. it's something I can't, rough. oh, I cannot imagine doing that to my children. But again, you know, in the eighties and nineties, like parenting was a little different. Like kids it were was. not really the priority. <laughs> not really. Well, it depends on the parent, of course. I think it depends on the parent, but yeah, I think like, you know, just like the movement tough, to, you know, towards like treating kids as actual human beings and not just like inanimate objects. Yeah, a lot of us- uh, I mean, prominent and prevalent pre- at, the time, at the time. Because if you have, if you were raised in a way that you thought was chaotic and dysfunctional, you can go one of two ways. You can say, well, that's the way it's done. And it worked for me. Or you can say, I am not doing that. I'm putting out my cigarette and I'm belting in my seatbelt and we're going to do this. Yes, exactly. Kind of gone the other direction. Yes. My mom's favorite saying was like, Jen, you chose me in this lifetime, not the other way around. Well, you know, (laughs) I do think there is something. I'm a parent and it's been a big part of my life. And I raised by parents who were divorced too, but it was different. So they weren't bouncing around like that. But I do think to some degree, as, di- as problematic as some parents are in, in the, in, as when we were kids, if you look back at some point, you will see that there was something about that that forged you, I think. that. Oh my as, God, completely. Right? Whether you yes, didn't like it at God. the time. No, the right? pain is like what has like made me funny. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. I'm, thank God, thank God that all of these things happened. And thank God for like all of the adversity and, and um, rejection that like has happened along the way, because- I don't think I would be as like hungry as I am without it. Funny is an interesting muscle. I, I, I sense of humor is a big deal to me. I was thinking about it. Somebody, I was on this panel of men talking to women about men and they were like, what's really important. It occurred to me. It was like a sense of humor. Like I, yeah. it didn't occur to me because my wife's very funny. And, um, but that's a muscle. You know, now I learned it because my brother was very funny. My sister was funny. My mom. So we all just tried to make each other laugh. So I learned it so young. I'm not a comedian, but I did. It's a part of my my life. Did you did you develop it as a coping mechanism, as a as a means of just communication? Like, how did you find that voice? Because you obviously found it young. 
Yeah, I mean, maybe you did. Like I don't know. comedy, like I've always like just like it's a way of like avoiding intimacy and like protecting myself. Oh, so yeah. like I would always like just deflect with comedy, and also, um, I think I didn't really know that I was funny. I I don't think I knew I was funny until I started writing. I thought right. you know when I was in college, I was doing super serious, you know, dramatic. Pieces and, and I was, I was, oh my God. Yeah. I was, <laughs> I was all about it. And even when I first started acting, I was on all these procedural one hours. I was, was that... never even going up for comedies. Oh, okay. Oh, it wasn't interesting. until I started writing where I was like, you know, because I was afraid to be funny in a lot of ways because I was grew up and I was dyslexic. And in the eighties, like being dyslexic, it wasn't like wow. you had any sort of support. Right. Um, so I felt like I wasn't smart. And I thought that if I was right. funny, and especially at that time in TV, to be like funny and blonde meant that you were playing like a bimbo, which was right. the last thing I could tolerate. Yeah. Yeah. The, you know, it's interesting. The attractive, funny woman has come around more recently, like as an acceptable, oh, yeah. that was not in the 80s and 90s. You were kind of goofy looking. You were the you ditzy were the, blonde. And that right. is a role that I just like rejected. Like, so I mean, like, <laughs> It was everything that I was like trying to right. you know fight against. Right, right. And so, all right, you know, it's interesting. Um, uh, Fonzie, Fonzie, you know, uh, Henry Winkler. Henry, Henry Winkler. Winkler. Mm -hmm. So you, have you met Henry Winkler? Do you yes. know him? Okay, yes. so you know he's dyslexic as well. And that, yes. And that, so we had a great conversation when he was promoting his, his series, his YA Which I series. love his series. Yeah, and you know, he too felt stupid because of, mm -hmm. of that. Yes. And I would imagine writing has, it did for him, has it helped sort of ground you in what intelligence actually is? Um, have you been able to see yourself as, have you been able to connect to your own intelligence? Has writing helped? No, that? I still feel like a fraud every time. Really? Really? <laughs> yes. I mean, like, the, the yeah, I, for sure. I definitely, and Jason sometimes reads my work and he's like, do you even know how to use a comma? I'm like, not really. Uh oh, well, It's hey, the truth. Really? I don't. I still don't know how to spell the word license. You know, there are things that I still cannot do. I just, I'm, I know how to tell story. I know story. You know, that's right. what it is at the end of the day. Well, F. Scott Fitzgerald apparently had a very, a very um, unusual approach to grammar that was hammered out by his <laughs> editor. So you're in good, in good standing. Um, I love right. that. So you still feel like a fraud, but you know a lot of artists do. I think. Yes. Yes. When you, for sure. When you were very, when you were young, before you started taking acting classes, did you, now be honest, did you want to be famous? Did you look around and say and see famous people and think I would like to be one of them? No, 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 for me, well, I wanted to be, I'm, I'm an overachiever and I'm a pleaser and I'm such a codependent, but um. I wanted to have my dad's attention. I wanted to be a doctor because my dad was a doctor. You know, I, I wanted see. to be the smart one. I wanted my cousin, you know, he got an 800 in math on his SATs and like, that's what I wanted. So I, okay. I wanted to be that girl, but um, I found acting and it was just like, it was therapy for me because I was like, Oh my God, wait a minute. I can be in a dark room for two hours and my parents and I'm standing on a stage and my parents just have to listen to me. Like, this is the greatest fucking <laughs> job ever. That was what, what like did it for me. I mean, that was what sucked me in. So I remember Dustin Hoffman. I saw him being interviewed and he was talking about meeting um, Lawrence Olivier. And he uh -huh. said to Lawrence Olivier, he said, why do we do this? Why do we do this? And Lawrence Olivier got up in his face and said, 
look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. <laughs> so how many yeah. other, how many of your brothers and sisters in the acting world? I, I sort of come from that as well. I have friends and my brother did that and our, the attention is a big part of it. Yes. It starts yes. with that sort of dysfunctional need for attention and hopefully yes. becomes something else. Yes. And like, a, a, you have to be delusional. You have to just be like, I'm the fucking best. <laughs> you have <laughs> to, to like, believe be it no matter what. Right. Or to be an actor, like you have to have like just a little, you have to just delusions of grandeur. Like you have to really buy your own bullshit. Is your, your husband's an actor as well. I'm, I'm familiar yes. with, right? And so you yes. both are dealing with that. Mania, oh my God. Right? Yeah, when we when we fight, it's like, who goes first? Like, okay, it's my dime. So like, it needs to be about me right now. Okay, now you go, it's about you. But uh, it's so true. Like we have so, we have different families of origin, but so many of the same issues. So okay, so you so you 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 do you go do you finish school for college for acting or do you say ah oh, screw it I'm heading out into the into the wild? Oh no, I graduated college actually a year early, oh, and then oh. I lived in Germany for about six months, and I actually speak German because I lived with a family that didn't speak English. Wow. So I my kids speak German. I'm Whoa, really hardcore really? about like in hammering the German here. Yes. Uh, so yeah, so I did that and then I came back and continued on my like path with acting. Um, I met my husband who was already famous and I resented him for it and, and still like hold it against him. He's like, all I've ever done is support your career. And like, what did I ever do to you? <laughs> but in see, my mind, I'm like, I still hate you for being more famous than me. <laughs> but you see, it'd be, if one thing, if he was, okay, so you meet him as an actor because he did, was doing sitcoms, wasn't he? He's like, that's where I'm familiar. No, he had done American Pie. So he was like, that's what it name was. every oh. single fucking right. country okay. he traveled to. Right. People right. were like, ah, right. you know, and that was that's so what hard I knew to endure from. in the beginning, especially you know, I, my dad is like kind of a local, he's a, he's a doc, but he's also like on TV and writes books. So he was like a local celeb growing up. And I was already eclipsed by one man in my life. And then meeting my husband, I'm like, Oh my God, like you're just yeah, really but that's provoking tough. me. <laughs> it's, like it's, if you were yeah. a, um, I think Meryl Streep's husband is a sculptor. And so it's yes. like Meryl Streep is more famous than you in that way. But you know how you're a sculptor so maybe you can yeah. mentally it's easier right. but you're, See, he's in his own lane right but you're in the same lane kind of no i know you, and it killed me in the beginning it was so hard it was one of the reasons i didn't want to be with him i was like Ugh, i can't walk into a room and have everybody like want want a piece of you and like yeah. i'm invisible this is yeah. just like re-traumatizing me <laughs> um but when i started you know, so and then I, Twitter is like what started my writing career. I started tweeting and I, it was a weird time in comedy where like, if you were funny and a woman, you could really make a name for yourself on Twitter. Right. And I just hit it at the right time and kind of blew up. And, and what year was this? This was like in 2000, I want to say 2011. Wow. So 2000, early Twitter, early Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 2010, 2011. It was like Danny Zucker, Jenny Johnson, Kelly Oxford, Megan Amram. Like there was a group of us. Okay. Um, uh, Rob Delaney came out of that same time. Oh, you know, it was okay. like a bunch of people who, um, I don't know, you, you were just able to break out. And uh, I wrote a short story for Playboy that I submitted to Playboy. And after that, that it kind of caught on and after that I had a standing column with them and at the end of that year I had enough short stories I was like I should 
I don't know, I guess send a book proposal out. But again, I knew nothing about it. It's also right. it's also like I was so naive. Yeah. And I had been an actress for so long that I was so used to rejection that it didn't matter if it went or didn't go. I had nothing right. to lose. I'm like, right. Who cares? Uh, nothing to lose is the best. Nothing it to lose. I was like, sure, take it out. And then it sold and the rest kind of fell wow. into place. So you started in Twitter. Now that, of course, that is such a modern, because I have been interviewing writers for a long time, Jenny yes. Mullen, and a lot of them, and you are the first, although you won't, I think, be the last who said yes. it started with Twitter. And I would think wow. that the advantage of that is economy. You were forced into learning economy and humor is all, you know, it's funny. I interviewed sort of the, a, a very famous German comedian. I'd never heard of him, but he was famous in Germany. I forget his name now, but he said, German is not a funny language. It's a very, know, it's a very it's hard, hard language to be funny because you can't be brief. Everything. You can't be brief. No. Right. It's I don't true. speak but it's German. It's also a muscle. Like you say, you know, it is Twitter is a muscle and it's like, you yeah. start thinking in tweets. Like if yeah. you do it enough, like it, you just, you go through your life. You're like, that's a tweet. That's sweet. <laughs> right. it's, you know, it's crazy yeah well i'm a personal essayist and so that's what my life is i'm sure you kind of have fallen to that a little bit yourself which is yes. oh this is a horrible thing i'm going through but it's going to make a good story oh my yeah. god <laughs> right. but then i end up following jason's like stop following the story i just have, <laughs> like i got it i got it i gotta go to the bitter end uh so but so you're doing the tweet so you're learning how to do it and you're starting to see life you're starting to understand that rhythm and yes and but you're using, but you're not there. See, you aren't there. That's what, when I first talked to my brother who was an actor and he, he saw I was going towards writing, he said, Bill, this writing thing is just words. Like that's all you get. Like you don't get your body and your voice and your that. Yeah. And he was, he was put off by that at first. Mm -hmm. um, but you were used to using your body and your voice and your inflection mm -hmm. and your face. Yeah. So you didn't have that. And so yeah. did you like the shift to just words? No, it was so freeing. I was like, was finally, it? like I'm not being judged, uh, you know, by the way I look. Like it was right. awesome. It was right. so great. I felt like I could just get away with anything. I mean, it was really <laughs> awesome. All right, so you so you took to it. So you felt freed yes. by it. You felt freed by yes. it. You just, and the cool thing about Twitter is you just like, you're not getting paid for it. I mean, eventually you no. can. Right? I used to say, I'm like, I bet I, I said one day you're gonna be able to pay for things in Twitter followers. And literally <laughs> it's fucking happened. Like now- you know, you make money off of when you post shit. I mean, like, it's crazy. It, the it is crazy. Changed. It's mm -hmm. the world is so weird like that. And yes. so, all right. So you're writing these essays. And so then City of Likes, this is your first novel. And this mm -hmm. is it's a very different animal. Although I, there is some of you in there. I noticed, no, yes. you know, I don't know how much, but there's some of you is in there, obviously. Yeah, for sure. um, and it's about social media. Yes. Um, which social media is a good thing. <laughs> and it's it's really it's you know it's like television in a way it's like it's good and it's horrible and it's good and it's horrible and it's good and it's horrible. Uh -huh. is that does that resonate with you yes for sure for, for sure. someone who's oh really God, in yeah. it oh yeah I, I hate it I mean it's like a narcissist that like I have to constantly feed or else it like you know goes dark on me right yeah. and, and do you ever just dream of like just totally pulling the plug just yeah like I, I deleted my personal Facebook my Facebook page because I was just like right. I can't fucking handle this right. I also like what I do regret because I, I now I I would love to like have those just like to archive but I deleted most when Trump became president I deleted most of my Twitter because it wasn't safe anymore it became because they were all, coming Twitter after became you. not funny right. and you couldn't but also it was dangerous to be having those things out there it just it turned it turned into something that like it wasn't in the beginning. Do you, do you dip into politics ever in it? 
on my Instagram, I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I can't help it. I can't help it when like, I just see things right now. I just feel like we're living in a a third world country all of a sudden, right? Maybe it's not all of a sudden, but you know, our, the, the, the curtains have been pulled back and it's just, it's a mess. It's so sad. And you feel like you've got this platform. Oh yeah. To not say anything. I just feel like is to be complicit. Well, Jim Gaffigan went through that uh, where he, where Mm -hmm. right around the the 2020 election, he said, screw it. I'm going to speak. Yeah, I got him a lot of blowback. I don't, I was really, you know, proud of him. I don't know the guy, but yeah, it was like, I like him. He's a good guy. Yeah, Yeah, he seems like a good guy. Seems like a good guy. Yeah. So, okay, but you start writing a novel, and what I was getting to is a whole different animal. It's a whole different animal than an essay or a short story, even. Yes. And how was it? First of all, did you think, what 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 came over you? Why why do this to yourself, Jenny? And what's well, it? I'll tell you what happened. Was I what? sat down with this fancy agent in New York? I needed a new agent. Okay. Um, and he said to me, he's like, "Your last two books did okay." And I was like, "Well, I made the list, you know." And he's like, "Right." <laughs> he's like, "That doesn't mean anything." Right. Like, laughed in my face. <laughs> he's like, "That doesn't mean anything." And he said, "Do you want to tell me what you want to do next, or do you want me to tell you what I think you should do?" And I was like whoa, why don't you tell me what you think I should do? And he said, I think you have a voice for fiction. And I think you should try to write a novel because if you can write fiction, you can do anything. You can have whatever kind of life you want. And I said, I left there just reeling, thinking, what is this guy fucking talking about? (laughs) I'm writing clearly another memoir. I, I had just adapted my second book as a feature for Warner Brothers, right? Right. So I had already taken a collection of short stories and tried to make them into a three-act structure. I'm like, I'm not fucking doing this again. I'm tired (laughs) of learning a new skill set every time I want to write something. (laughs) I just want to get good at one thing and do it. Uh, And so I went home and I tried to, I started, I took, you know, like three months and I started this proposal for what I assumed would be my third book, which would have been like, you know, another memoir. And I was just not happy with it. And my friend said to me, instead of writing about, you know, motherhood and what you, what, you know, you think people want out of you right now, he's like, why don't you write about what's actually going on? Which was, I had moved to New York city and fallen into this like weird sort of, I don't know, I guess just like role as mom influencer, because I had a newborn, a second child, and I ha- also had a following of women between the ages of like 18 to 35 with a little bit of buying power and companies just were like hounding Hungry. me down. And right. yeah, and they wanted me to post their shit. They wanted me to sell oh, whatever wow. it was for them. And so I got swept up in this world um, and I saw a lot of stuff. And, and one of the craziest things was just like the disparity between motherhood as it was being sold online and motherhood that, you know, as I was seeing lived. around me as yeah. it was lived by these, you know, other influencers around me. And I was just haunted by this sort of question, which just like, I could not get out of my head, which was, if you're so busy curating parenting online for other people, how present are you in your real life for your actual kids? Right. And, and that like, was just such a fear and an anxiety that I couldn't turn my back on. And that's when I went back to this agent and I was like, okay, you're fucking on. I'll try it. <laughs> but the first draft didn't work. He was like, this is a beautiful disaster. I rewrote it again. We took it out. I was, I was passed on by six publishers. Yeah. And at that point I was like, something's wrong. The manuscript's clearly not ready. I pulled, pulled the submission, which is like terrible. Right. Um, and I took another year and I rewrote it. Wow. And I wow. went back out with it 
with a different agent. Cause of course, like in this process, I also ended up like leaving this agent. Right. Uh, I went back out with the proposal and now like the capital's being stormed. It's also like a terrible time to be selling, you know, yes. a book about this kind of stuff. And people started saying, I don't know. I don't know if in like a post COVID world, a book about influencers in lower Manhattan doesn't read as tone deaf. Um, and I kept saying, no guys, this book is worthy. And this, this is what, this is actually happening. Right. You're wrong. I know right. this is, I know this needs to be in the world. Like th- this is my, my truth. And I-, I knew that if I didn't write this book, I would become this book. So like, wow. I knew that like other women, it would resonate. Um, and eventually what happened after I was passed on by, I don't know, 12 more houses was that I found a producer in LA who had an imprint. And he's like, I mean, I've published a book on toys, never done this before, but I said, can you get it bound? Can you get it bound and on bookshelves? And he said, yes. And I said, then like, let's go. So that's what's the nice thing about being who you are is you can say, and I will handle a lot of the publicity. Like I can, I was like, I will crush for you. I will (laughs) fucking, you will never have a better business partner than me. Trust me. Like I can sell shit till the cows come home. Like I should have been a QVC person. (laughs) That was the, I was like, don't worry about the rest. Just get it on bookshelves. Um, and yeah, now I've like, you know, called in every favor I've ever had. Because I'm just but, but like, that's great, but you're doing it right. So hustling. the first agent, he, he did you a favor by steering you towards it because what, you know, because it always struck me the, the challenge of being an actor. I remember I was in LA briefly trying to be a screenwriter and would, was auditioning people for Slumber Party Massacre 3. And was Amazing. Doing, yeah, Amazing. I was doing like, I probably auditioned for you. No, no, no. This was, I think you were still a little, little young. And so I, um, I was like, Oh man, where's your sense of volition? I would think there's such a dependency on other people. Whereas as a writer, you do need publishers and stuff, but it really is all comes from you. You get to really be your own boss in a way. It's hard for actors to be boss. I know. Yeah. And actors are so powerless. I mean, you just sit here all day waiting for the phone to ring. I I feel for him. That made me crazy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel for him. And so I think he was right. And so, uh, and so how did you, so, so you had, I got to say you had, I hope everybody was listening to her. Because not only did she rewrite, I'm now going to praise oh, you rewrite. for your, for your, that you, you understood the value of it and, and yes. you have to, you, you have, have to it. more than anybody else. And you can handle rejection if you say they're wrong, because you know, for yourself and you had oh the my God, yes. cojones to do that. Not everybody yes. does. So anybody who is listening, do not ever listen to somebody who tells you to put it in a drawer or like work on something else. Like, fuck that. Like what you started is worthy and everything sucks until it's good. Like it has to suck in the beginning. You don't just like write something and it's great. That doesn't happen. Everything has to suck. It's like sculpting, like Meryl Streep's husband. Okay. Like it's a ball of clay. You have to just keep hammering at it. Ah, she's so right. And it's awesome. I'm so glad for you. And so now you get to go out and talk to people and you get to talk to people about what's nice is you get to talk to people about this world that you live in and you get to peel some, I assume you'll get to peel back because it deals with the life that you're trying to make sense of as you live it. Yes. And I, I hope, I assume you'll get to peel back for people mm-hmm. some of the reality. Because, you know, I think there's a lot of young women who think, oh, to be an influencer would be the best thing in the world. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. understand what it really is and not understand the, the, the double-edged sword of it. Oh, right? yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. It's so true. It's you so get true. to be a new ambassador. So do you think Jenny Mullen, who has, has so many careers in her relatively short life who has done so much 
do you think you are on a new path fiction-wise? Do you think there's another book in you? You know, I mean, it really depends on if people pre-order my book. <laughs> oh, <laughs> come on. No, but don't you think it's like, no, I no, don't no, know. No, like, no. will somebody trust me again to write another book? It, it was, so, this has been such a labor of love, but like, had I known that it would have taken me four years to get this into the world, like, would I have gone on this journey? I don't know. Again. That's why we don't get to know the future. Ignorant. Yes, exactly. That's why it's better for us. All right. Well, you know, it's a very funny book and it's got a lot of cool stuff in it. There's, it, it moves along. You should yes. be proud of it. I hope you're. Hope I'm you're, so you're, proud of it. Oh my right, god! Good. Like I think it's fucking awesome. I really love this book. Like it would suck if I were trying to sell something that I didn't fully believe was good. Hey, and you I, sold stuff. And I waited. You know, like it's been four years. I know this is the best draft. <laughs> I've I read all the other drafts a million times. I'm telling you, this is this is good. That's good. Well, you've sold stuff. It sounds like that you were you took you allowed yourself to sell stuff for other people. That yeah. you maybe liked or didn't like. Now exactly. you get to sell the thing that you do like that yes. through you. Good for you. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, so you're going, you are doing a kind of book tour. So this is going to drop the day of, as we're talking, it's publishing, it's available. Yes. Right. You can pre order it now. It's City of Likes. Love the yes. title. Thank um, you. Uh, so you're doing a kind of a book tour. Yeah. Yeah. You're actually going to places. I, yes, I'm going all over the place. I'm going, okay. I'll be like in Chicago on, on the 15th. I'll be in Nashville on the 16th. I'll be in LA on the 20th and 21st. Okay. Then I'm going to be in Arizona on the 22nd, 23rd, San Diego on the 24th, Austin on the 25th. Look at you memorized it. That's impressive. Boston <laughs> on the 27th, Jersey on the 28th, back wow. into New York on the 29th. And then I'm out with Katie Couric in uh, the Hamptons on July oh, 2nd. You're doing a thing with Katie Couric. Oh, good. Yes. Oh, well, yes. The book will do all right. The book is going to do all right. I'm trying. I'm, I'm sure trying. it will. Um, and you're on with me. That's well, Bill, you me. had me first. You had me before Katie. So nobody right. matters hey, but hey. you, Bill. That's right. That's right. All right. <laughs> so listen, this is great. So if you go to, is it just JennyMullen.com? I've been That's there. JennyMullen.com. Okay. All right. And plus follow her on Instagram, Twitter, blah, blah, blah. You can get all that there too. But <laughs> I'm not quite done with you, Jenny. I want you to, I want you to finish the sentence for me before I set you free. Ready? Okay. Put your writer's yes. cap on. I want you to, if, if writing, all the writing you've done, Twitter, uh-huh. short stories, novels, if writing has taught you anything, it has taught you what? That being honest and vulnerable is truly will always will always like prevail like if you are just like fully honest with yourself like if you just give it and don't try to like put on any, any pretense or try to pretend you're something else like it's always good it's you know you're in your zone and it's the writing is working and good like when you are truly just brutally honest don't try to like protect anyone's feelings. You can always change their name later. <laughs> that is an excellent answer. It's the truth. The truth is the truth. She's the right. The truth will set you free. Jenny, thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much, Val. Yeah, the truth, the truth. She's right, you know. Just if you can just do that, you're good to go. I've had to learn that one. 
I had to learn that one for myself, and uh, I I think I keep learning it. So, yeah, good on Jenny for that. All right. Wasn't that a lot of fun? Of course it was. I will be back again next week with another great conversation. I want to thank my producer, RJ Jeffries. Thank you, my friend. And to all of you out there, you know, tell the truth. That's all you got to do. Tell the truth. Don't be afraid of it. It's going to be all right. Truth is always friendly. And, uh, and also, find something you love to do, and then do it. Do it.